Hi, welcome to Colonial Williamsburg, past and present on history.org. This is behind the scenes where you meet the people who work here. That's my job. I'm Lloyd Dobbins, and mostly I ask questions. When the restoration of Williamsburg began in 1926, architects had only the period maps, deeds, and drawings to guide the reconstruction. Three years later, an obscure copper plate emerged from the recesses of the Oxford Library in England and changed everything. Called the Bodleian Plate, the information it held defined the face of Williamsburg. Here with me now to tell us more about the Bodleian Plate is Carl Lounsbury, the senior architectural historian. I guess it is credited with really sort of being a guiding piece of information. That's right. It's one of two major pieces of um, 18th century imagery that has been sort of the the Bibles for the restoration of Colonial Williamsburg, the other being the Frenchman's map, which has the Mm -hmm. blueprint of the town from the 1780s. But this uh, plate, this copper plate engraving that Mary Goodwin uh, discovered or came across in the Bodleian Library in 1929, had uh, the images of the major public buildings. Two of them. Define those. They included the College of William and Mary, its two flanking buildings, the President's House, and the Brafferton, which was the Indian school. It had a sort of a back view of it, an oblique back view of the college. And it also had the frontal views of the Governor's House, or the Governor's Palace, as well as a view of the Capitol. Now, the Capitol and the Governor's Palace had disappeared. They had been destroyed in the late 18th century. So we really didn't have a good image of those two buildings before this plate showed up. Do we know who the artist was? No, we don't. We don't know who the artist. There's there's an interesting uh, uh, book by my colleague Margaret Pritchard on speculating how this plate actually shows up in, in, in the Bodleian Library. And she speculates that it may have been commissioned by William Byrd II of Westover in Charles City County, who was a member of the of the governor's council here in the early 18th century and was an author who wrote much about the natural history of Virginia and perhaps was writing a history of early America. And these images were used to illustrate it. It was not just one plate, but there was a series of about 10 plates showing the flora and the fauna, as well as these public buildings here in Williamsburg. The way you said that, indicates that he never actually got it written. Uh, he may have written it, but it hasn't been found. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. So there, it, there are illustrations for a history that may or may not have been written. Exactly. For example, the, his history of the dividing line between Virginia and North Carolina, which was 1728, um, was not published until the early 20th century. It was in manuscript form and circulated that way for more than... Uh, 150 years before it was actually published. Was there much argument about the line between Virginia and North Carolina? It's sort of a straight line, as I remember. Well, it depends on where you draw that line, doesn't it? I'm from North Carolina originally, and we would have preferred to have drawn it a little bit further north. Oh, well, I would have preferred we drew it a little bit further <laughs> south. So. Well, those battles still take place. Uh, uh, but So actually, to go back, we don't know who drew it, and we don't really know why. We don't. That's, we that's we right. think we that think probably. We There's some very strong evidence for William Byrd as being the um, inspiration for these plates. The, uh, they're numbered sequentially A and then 1, 
Roman numeral 1 through Roman numeral 10, and they're all dealing with American topics. Number one is what we call the Bodleian Plate with the public buildings of Williamsburg. But number two is a very detailed um, map showing that dividing line. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, Byrd was intimately involved in drawing that dividing line, and so it seems logical and likely that he was the one that uh, commissioned the drawing of these public buildings for the plate. Well, let's see. Williamsburg in those days would have been one of the more prominent cities in the colonies, even though it's it's not now, but it wasn't then. Well, it was the uh, capital of the largest uh, uh, British colony in America, so it had a significance that extended far beyond its very small borders. Tell you the truth, I don't really know what a copper plate looks like. What is a copper plate, and how would you recognize it? Well, if you have a penny and it's new, it it looks very shiny and kind of brownish-reddish color, and copper is hammered out, a thin thin sheet, uh, which then can be engraved on by uh, specialists who have tools that uh, can cut lines into it. And create, you know, it's sort of a reverse image of what the uh, the offprint or the offstrike will be, and so he he sketches that in. So he probably has a um, uh, a sketch that he works from the the engraver. So there must have been an artist who sketched the buildings here in Williamsburg, and that's one thing we don't know anything about. Who was capable of sketching those public buildings? then to send those to the engraver in London, because we're fairly certain that it was the London engraver who did that. Uh, The engraver sometimes, as we know from looking at sketches and looking at the final copper plates, sometimes enhanced the drawings a little bit here, (laughs) cleaned them up, made them a little more artistic. Can you see the bodily end plate today? Yes, it's it's on uh, view here at, at Colonial Williamsburg. I have read a description of it, and it does not sound to me much larger than a eight and a half by ten sheet of paper. Well, it's slightly larger than that, but not much. It really was to, to, to make illustrations. It wasn't just to, to show. It yeah, was it's for a folio a, volume. That's right. An engraver's tool. Yeah. And they would then strike that and, and, and run a, a large number of them and then interleave them into whatever publication it was. So much in history was designed for something it was never used for. I mean, here you've got this plate, which was just brilliant for the restoration or reconstruction of Colonial Williamsburg, never served as an illustration so far as we know from this history that a man intended to write. You were, the the restoration or reconstruction of Williamsburg was already being worked on. Right. Did any of it change that you know of because the plate was found? Well, in the lore of Colonial Williamsburg, the Bodleian plate looms large because um, in 1929, one of the major, major first reconstructions, sort of testing the, the skills of the architects as well as the, the, the builders in this great enterprise, was the restoration of the College of William and Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh, that building, the so-called Wren Building, uh, was being restored at that time when Mary Goodwin discovered this plate. and. She radiogrammed it. I don't know what that is, but she sent a. I have no idea. She sent a, a some kind of a modern day fax uh, transmission across the Atlantic Ocean, and uh, it showed up and it, it changed the design for the college. It specifically 
in the arrangement of the roof. Uh, the front of the building was fairly well known, but the back side of the building, the west side with the arcade, uh, had been changed considerably after a fire in 1705 and then later alterations in the 19th century, and they weren't sure how to treat the uh, arrangement of the roof under this broad span. And what that plate showed was the series of what we call rooflets running at right angles to the main uh, angle of the roof uh, was the way that they, they did that, which was very common in late 17th, early 18th century England, and so would not have been a surprise to us. But there it was, and so they completely r scrapped their original designs and quickly revised them and used the, the evidence from the bodily in plate. I'm trying to visualize this. But this is just the style of the period. Mm -hmm. um, aesthetics change uh, over time. So, mm -hmm. uh, But these rooflets were um, small, uh, you know, hip-type roofs that ran at right angles, creating several, uh, several of these, and, and then they lined up over the windows in the back, which lined up over the arcade. So it, it worked out fairly, fairly mm -hmm. well. But it, it wasn't something that was shocking. No. It's just, it's just it's, a it's detail a, they got right. The detail that they would have missed had they not found that. Mm -hmm. So th this gave you the ability to say it's as close as we can make it. In part, although there's, there are a few things about the plate you have to be careful. It's not a... It's a artist engraving, and it's not exactly measured drawing. So it's it's an art, artistic interpretation. Many of those elements are very good, but there are some elements that we now know uh, that the artist put in the plate are, that are incorrect. Such as on one uh, wall, the south wall of the of the college building, he uh, drew in four windows, sets of windows across that that facade. When in fact we know that there were only three. So you have to take it with some care, but my gosh, it's better than having nothing, and th these are yeah. great. Yeah. We'd like to hear what you think of today's show. Submit your feedback at www.history.org slash podcasts. That's Colonial Williamsburg, past and present this time. Check history.org often. We'll post more for you to download and hear.